0: I have had, I, 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 I try to count it up, six to eight conversations with other pastors. Common things of coming up saying, what is going on? What is wrong? Where did we get off? What, why isn't this working? I thought God said this was going to work And frustration. And, and, and I, I love being a sounding board for some of these guys. I love reaching out. I love being involved in these circles and things like that. And I'm thinking, what in the world? It should not be this way while back while we were teaching through the book of Acts and I started off and I, I gave the illustration, if you guys remember, and I talked about the driving manual that Jordan was given and, and he was correcting me and saying, Dad, you're, you're not supposed to make that turn. Dad, you were supposed to stop there. You... And I said, son, how do you know all this? He said, Dad, it's in the book. It's in the book. But the problem is I've been so many years away from the book Then I've developed all these habits of how to drive and how to turn and how to stop and when to stop and when to change lanes. And I've gotten away from what God, in this predicament, what God has said. You know what happens when we get away from the book? Things fall apart. Everything in your family, everything in society falls apart when you get away from the book. And that's why we have to get back to the book and we need to check ourselves with God's word. Guys, can we all do that this morning? Say, I, I need to check myself this morning. Pastor, as I do this, I am, for the, one of the first times ever, I'm going to preach about the pastor. And I want you guys to check me. I, I, I'm serious. I, I want you to go through God's word and say, is he doing what God said? And if not, I promise you, I need to adjust some things in my ministry, and my life, according to God's word, of what God has said. See, God gave us a promise. The first mention in the Bible about the church. And he said, and Jesus was talking to him, I, I promise you've heard me say this. I, I'm not giving you anything new. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this. Now this is foundational because it's the beginning. So you can imagine God walk, or Jesus walking through, and he stops and he says, and I, this one's plastic. okay? So don't, not the same But you can imagine God or Jesus giving this visual, and he stops and he says, "Hey guys, you realize that this stone has gone through storms. It's been around through the ages. It doesn't fall apart. You can't kick it over." And he says, "I'll I'll tell you what. I'm going to build my church on a rock, and I don't care if it's 2017. I, I don't care if it goes through all the obstacles and problems." He said, "I promise you this." When I build my church on the rock, I don't care what is out there. And he said, hey, boys, by the way, not even the pits of hell can conquer my church on one promise. As long as the church is on the rock. Do we get that? So I'm going to tell you, if churches are being blown over, and if churches are falling apart, and if we ever fall apart, I can tell you only one thing has happened. We got off the rock. That's it. I'll tell you, and by the way, when I say about the gates of hell will not prevail, that means they literally will try. Right now, I promise you, there's opposition against your family. There's opposition against the church. There's opposition against missions. There is opposition. Matthew seven twenty four. I'm going to give you guys. Acts six is going to be our primary passage, but I'm going to give you guys a lot of foundation. I'm, I'm I'm laying this out as we go through this. He said, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and do them and do with them, you must do them. Not just know them, not just arrive in church and hear them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And this is, the the Bible goes on and talks about, and the storms came and and the winds blew and and, and it beat upon the house and it fell not. Do you know why? Because it was founded upon a rock. Now, we're, we're going to sit in church and say, man, that sounds all well and good, Pastor Tony. But I, I'll tell you, I, sometimes we, 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 we can't draw a conclusion to what that looks like today. Well, let me draw the conclusion for you. The rock is Jesus Christ. All right, the rock is Jesus Christ. The, ro- the rock is not calling yourself Baptist. The rock is not attending every week and, and, and doing all the things that we do out of tradition. The rock is Jesus Christ. So when you see the rock and you see something that is solid, when, you, when we read, upon the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, you can turn around and say, Jesus is my rock. Let's bring it home a little more. In the beginning of John chapter 1, he said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The rock is Jesus. And Jesus is the word. We see that? So today, if I'm going to say, I want to build a church upon the rock, do you, know, do you know what the equivalent of that is? The equivalent of that is today that we build the church, we build what we do, we build what I do, we build what you do. We build the future upon this right here. Yeah. Let, let me give you some danger phrases. And I'm, I'm going to tell you guys some dangers, some, some things that we need to put in our mind that when we get into conversations ought to scare us to death. And that is when people turn around and say, well, I know what it says, but I just... I, the, the way I feel about it, I tell you, we all have feelings. Do you realize that that is why we're dragging sin into the world? Do you realize that is why families are falling apart? Because we sit there and say, I know what the Bible says, but I just feel, or the way I look at it, it doesn't matter how you look at it. Amen. Final authority right here. Amen. Every mom and dad, every marriage, The future of the church, it does not matter. And so many times we have these conversations and you'll get with people and they'll say, well, I'll tell you when it comes to the church, the way, 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 and God says, put your finger off yourself and start looking at me. If we don't learn to look at Jesus Christ as a foundation and the final authority of all that we say and do, we will get off the rock. So we have this clear visual of what God is saying. And over the past couple of weeks, we studied the church through the, the through the power of the Spirit of God. It was united by doctrine, the apostles' teaching, it was united by fellowship, they partnered with one another. They, they, they were involved in one another's lives, they were engaged in each other's life. The Bible says there was breaking of bread, it was communion and prayer. In Acts two forty seven, watch what happens. Praising God and having favor with the people. Now listen to this. And the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be been saved. You guys ready? It's time to build a church. So we're going to visualize this right now, all right? Because as we build a church, we have to understand that God had a reason for what he did. So a church is made up of what? People. The church is made up of people. They were preaching, they were teaching, they were doing what God called them to do. And guess what happened? God took the gospel, reached into people's lives, and all of a sudden, God began to add to the church, but it did not stop there. Guys, isn't it amazing when the power of God is working and things are happening and everything is transpiring, that God does not stop there. I'll tell you, God is not through with the church yet. So we keep going. Acts chapter 5, verse 14. I'm just walking through scripture, okay? And the believers, listen to this, were more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. This church kept on growing. You know what that meant? There was more people that were in the world that were now called out and added to the body of believers. I'm I'm, I'm gonna show you guys something. You You know what you see behind us as we do this? It's a church. Every one of these people, I'm going to tell you guys about these people. They have problems. They have issues. They have hurts. I I, I want you guys to go ahead and judge them with me, okay? What a bunch of sinners. I'm just being honest. Guys, I can't look at you and say that I don't see a whole lot. I, I, I do, I see sinners, but can I tell you guys the distinguishing factor about you guys? You're sinners saved by grace. They're not, they're not like what they used to be. God, the, the, the Bible says a church is a calling out, a separating. He takes us out of the miry pit and he sets us on a solid rock. This isn't an ordinary group. This group is so powerful that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Listen to this. And the word of God did what? I need you guys' help this morning, okay? And the word of God did what? And And the number of the disciples did what? Oh my goodness. God is not done. And Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith You know what is happening on this stage? You know what's happening right now? It's growing. Healthy things grow. Unhealthy things die. It's the way it is. Well, let me show you this church. This church, you say, wow, that's cool. This church keeps growing. Let me show you this. This church keeps growing. You know Why? People are doing their jobs. People are reaching out. And I'll tell you what I see on this. I see talents and abilities. You have no idea what God has put together through this. I I want you guys to understand what God has put together, what God has assembled through the local church, what God... Has united through this. There's talents and abilities because every one of you was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. God brings us together to create something powerful because of this. Let me give you an illustration. Do you know how many people we came to encounter with this past week? Two thousand Pastor Dave helped me out with this. Two thousand two hundred and twenty-one people came through our church this past Wednesday night. Every one of them received the gospel. Every one of them was exposed to Christians. Every one of them, we received outlines of who we are, what we do, and how we help. Every one of them. Pastor Dave, I'll tell you what, you're a pretty talented person. I know you organize that. But you could not have done that without these guys. You could not have. I tell you, I could, I could go on and on and on through the, through the prayer stop that we had a couple of weeks ago, through the Easter drama that we're going to be getting ready for before long and all this. You say, how is that possible right here? And I'm going to tell you guys now, with this group, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And you look at it and you say, I don't see much. And God says, I see the children of God. I see the anointing. I see the Spirit of God. I see the light of the world. I see power. And these sinners that were saved by grace. Unity. Powerful. I look back at chapter 5. Now now we're still building a church. We're not done building a church. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. If you're in Acts chapter 6 with me. And daily in the temple in every house. They cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So Pastor Dave. If you can just for a minute. Just to visualize this. If you can stand with this church. God does something here. And this is cool. Now Pastor Dave is part of this. But. God does something in church, and, and, and it's not that God plays favorites or anything like that. And sometimes we have the wrong mindset of that. But this is what God does. God calls out in the group, and he says, I, I, need, I need you to lead. It's, it's, no pastor should ever get a big head because I tell you, it's, it's not about you. It's all about him. Moses, when he was called out, and when Joshua was called out and all of them, they turned around and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. I don't have the words to say. You know what God said? Your mouth belongs to me. I will give you the words. You just be my servant. Amen. So Pastor Dave, would you mind taking your role as the pastor? And they were preaching. They had a responsibility. This is what God calls us to do. By the way, Pastor Dave, you are not hired to be the pastor here. Let me be really blunt with you guys, Okay. He's not hired to be the pastor here. You're called by God to be the pastor here. It's a really messed up perspective if anybody comes up to you and says, we hire you to do this. No, you, you, no, 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 no. As you understand, it's a high calling of God. Amen. Every man of God that followed God was called by God. If they're not called by God, they will fail. There, there's none of this. My little boy's gonna grow up to be a preacher. Well, prayerfully, he will be. If God doesn't call him, he won't be. He might, he might wear the clothes and stand behind a pulpit, but that doesn't make him a pastor. Only the calling of God. Amen. When David was called by God, you know what? They chose all the people they thought should be it. And God said, no, you better call the one I said to call. That little boy on the backside of nowhere, I'll call him to be the leader. Amen. So what I'm saying is, he might not look by much, by much, <laughs> And you're thinking there's no talents or abilities or anything about them. And you are right. Can I get an amen right there? I don't know about that. I'm preaching this. You be quiet. (laughs) It's amazing. God calls them. And you know what? If you're called and you say, well, I did get hired. Well, because God said, I'll supply all your needs. God does. And God does it through the people. And God does it through his plan. And God does it by giving. And God does that. But I tell you, if we get our perspective off will almost look like they're hired help when God says, no, they're my anointed. That's not to build them up. It's just to tell you who they are. Now, listen, as we read in Acts 6, because this in place, the word of God increased and the number of the the disciples multiplied, okay? This was what? Not, Not one reaching one, but now all of a sudden it's a group reaching a group. That's how you get multiplication. By the way, as we're in this, can I tell you guys that this is the church and the plan for the church? I'm going to bust something on water, and I have nobody in mind when I say this, but it's important for us to understand. Some people say, well, I'll be honest. I don't want to see the church grow. I've actually had people say things like that. I don't want us, I just don't want us getting so big. I don't want, it, it would be like this, Pastor Dave, on a Sunday morning. You'd be like, we're taking two at the altar, and then we're shutting things down this morning. <laughs> you want Jesus? No, sir. You come back next day and see if we have our quota met. You don't know. We never stop fishing. You never stop throwing the net. You never stop pulling them in. And if God adds to the church, it's God adding to the church. Amen. And I'll be, I'll be honest, there's a big difference between building a crowd and building a church. I, 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 can, I, I almost was tempted this morning, Pastor Dave, I'll be honest. I almost put on Facebook that everybody's getting a piece of candy if they came to church this morning. Because I saw the crowd that came Wednesday night and I'm thinking, maybe we're on to something. Let me show you guys something. You're thinking, man, I'm looking at this outline. He's not even close. I promise we'll get there. Acts 6-1. Follow along with me in your Bibles. This will be our main passage today. Acts built this up. We have this. We have a pastor. We have people. But let me tell you with our pastor and with our people, do you know what you're going to get with that? I hate to tell you this. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And I'll be honest. You've got an easy job. You only have to, you only have to work once a week. So you have a pretty pretty easy So I don't want to hear any griping from you, boy. In those days, the number of the disciples was multiplied, and everybody like, woo-hoo. And there arose murmurings among the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected, the daily ministration. Here's where it gets off. Now, on that day, the, the, the technical history behind it was... Family took care of the widows. But the problem was is they were having a disconnect because these radicals were following Jesus, who was that radical guy that died on a cross. He, we buried him, and you, you fanatics are still following him. So all of a sudden, you have all these families that are turning around saying, I have nothing to do with you. I'm done with you, you, you fanatics. That's, that's truly what happened. So now we had widows within this group that were sitting there saying, Who's going to take care of me now because my family isn't there? So they stepped out and went to the preacher. I hate to tell you, this is what happens. You're preaching about how God loves us and God takes care of us. We've got people that have needs. What are you going to do about it? That's part of church, okay? It is just true. But there was a problem. Their problem was widows. But I tell you, you cannot have people come together without there being problems. It's not a bad thing. It's because this world is cursed. We live in a cursed world. And all of a sudden, we see that there are needs. There's lots of needs. We won't go into the specifics, but... Let's just take this church right here. I want you to back up. Is there anyone in this church right now that is dealing with some sort of sickness? Will you raise your hand right now? All right, go, go take care of that for me, okay? So th- this church, are you healing people? Laying on of hands, and I, maybe I called the wrong preacher over there. Hey, dude, dude, come here. Do you see that one back over there? Will you please get him? I'm sorry for this. I I, I've worked with him. Hey, where's Pastor Dave? Hey, Pastor Dave, would you mind coming down here? Pastor Dave, stop, 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 stop. Please come down here. Let me let me give you some advice. Sunday is coming. You cannot just pull some message from your back pocket out, okay? That, that sermoncentral.com, download it and preach it thing's not gonna work, okay? I, I don't care how many veggie tails you've used in the past. What happens after a while, they start catching on that you're preaching the, new, the greatest veggie tails, okay? So I need you to get back to your work. Will you please get back to your work. I'm just gonna be honest, he doesn't care about you guys. Because if he truly cared about you guys, he'd be there for you. Does anybody else have any other kind of problem in our church this morning? Will you raise your hand? You better go to work, buddy. <laughs> you better go to work. Now I'll tell you what: you're going to observe a slacker right here as he turns around, turns around and does that. Hey, P- hey, Pastor Dave. Have you studied at all for Wednesday night? My goodness, do your job! Do your... (laughs) Is that what you do when you help people? It's like, you're all better, go home. (laughs) Hey, let let me show you something, buddy. You you guys can put your hands down, but I, I I want to show you something. These people all represent people, too families, hurts, deaths. Has anybody in here experienced any kind of, and I'm I'm talking a real question here, anybody here ever experienced in the last, let's say, four months a death or an illness? Will you raise your hand? Keep your hand up. You better run, buddy. (laughs) Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm here with you guys. There he goes. I'll tell you what, that guy, if he really cared about people, if he really cared about us, you know what I'm saying? I just don't feel like he... He stands right there and preaches all that stuff about the love of God and the church and all this other stuff. And when you truly need him, I have no idea where he's at. Yeah, Pastor Dave, will you come back? Because... You're really trying to hit every one of those hands, aren't you? (laughs) Talk about an overachiever. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I I know I'm joking with this, but I'll tell you, I really, I'm trying to point a picture of how it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so I, I, I've been so burdened about this because I, I know you guys don't have all these verses because I was going to make you work at it a little bit. First Corinthians twelve fourteen. For the body is not one member, but many. For the foot shall not say, Because I am the hand, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. Look at verse 18. But now hath God set every member, every one of them in the body as it pleased him. Let, let me show you what God did, Pastor Dave. He took you from here and He said, I've got a place for you here. And I put every one of them there. And by the way, He did that according to what pleased Him. And I know in our minds, we have this objective of what everybody should be doing. And, I, and I've thought about it like this in, 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 in an airline, if you have the pilot up front, he's been trained to do his job. The best place that he can be is behind the steering wheel because if he goes back there to serve snacks and drinks to there, the plane could crash. God knew that. I mean, God had this strategic plan in everything that he did. And it's important for Pastor Dave to know his role. It's important for the church to know their role. And if not, it's not going to work right and it won't be on the rock because God established what is right and wrong. So here it is. We are stronger together when number one, the pastor fulfills his biblical calling. When the pastor fulfills, you guys just you—you guys are awesome, okay? But I'm not done with you yet. Watch, watch how this comes together. Acts chapter six, two, then they called the, when the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them. He said, "It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you." Seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and of wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we shall give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The, the, the word expression here, to serve tables, it's talking about uh, like, like, an expression like we would say, hit the books. It's, it's get the job done or meet needs. He said, it is not reason that we do this. It's not proper that we should do this. It's not proper that you leave the ministry of the word, that you should go and do everything. It's not. It's and I'm not just saying this. And all of a sudden, when we stop doing things the way that God laid out in Scripture, everything starts falling apart. It's not about lifting up a man. Although Pastor Dave's job is vital of what he's doing, churches fail when pastors don't lead biblically through counseling and preaching and teaching and training. Let me give you some stats. And you say, why is things happening? Do you realize these are real stats? Listen to this 50% of pastors that answer the call to preach and pastor will quit within the first five years. 50%. Only one out of 10 pastors ever reach retirement because they either die or quit. One out of 10. I wonder why we can say that 4,000 churches a year on average in America shut their doors. When these men were asked why, most of them admitted this. This is the statistics that they got from them. 90% of them admitted that they struggled being prepared to ever preach or teach. 80% of them said that the ministry had a major negative effect on their families and they did not want to lose their kids over it. Most of them said that it was an impossible job description and they said, I'd rather quit than just continually let people down. Have any of you noticed that we have less and less young people surrendering to preach? You wonder why. And young people say, I've seen what it does to people. I don't want to step into something that just has a negative effect on my life. And I'm thinking, what? What? Pastor Dave, would you trade what you do for anything in the world? Neither would I. Never. I love doing what I do. I love it. It is a passion. It is a joy. It is a calling. It's all of these things that God... And, and I'll tell you, so all of a sudden, if there is churches or people or anybody that ever gets to the point where it says, I'm miserable, it doesn't work, I'm losing my marriage, that is not of God. Amen. That's it. Wherever you go to church, wherever God leads you in the future, if there, you have pastors that say, I just want to quit, you better reach in and figure out what's wrong because that's not of God. That's not saying that you're not going to have problems or discouragement or, or issues or whatever. But I'll tell you, even Moses, that was one of the greatest leaders that ever lived, cried out to God in Numbers eleven fourteen. Listen to him. He said, I'm not, bear, I'm not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. This was his cry. Listen to what he said to God. And we always say, he led the people. He conquered this. He led them. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray out of thy hand. If I have found favor in thy sight and let me not see thy wretchedness. I'll tell you, th- there's something that happens. If, if you turn around, Pastor Dave, there's, there's this in that and Moses was feeling it. it. And that happens so often. Like I said, I, I, I have sat down with a number of pastors right, lately trying to talk them out. Of, Don't quit. Don't quit. Go fix it. Listen to this, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from morning until evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee morning to evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one another." And I do make them to know the statutes of God. And Moses, father-in-law, said unto him, "The thing that thou doest is not good." Although we, we will almost compliment a pastor, saying, "Man, you you run all the time." And it's it's almost like a compliment. We, it's dangerous for us to be like, "That's right, I do run all the time." And I, I, you know, and Jethro looked at this this older gentleman walks up to him and says, "You're you're a fool. You're a fool." He said, it's not good for you. Notice the second phrase that he says in there. He said, it's not good. The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou will surely wear away. Listen to this. This is the catchy thing. Both you or thou and this people that is with thee. Do you know why he said that? Even though you feel like, man, I'm the energizer bunny and I'm going and going like that. He says, no matter how much you run, you'll never reach them all. And let me show you what happens when the Bible says, and they added unto the church, Josiah, this is what happened. This is the visual like this. When you have your hand reached and he's over there, all of a sudden you say, this is a bunch of junk. It's a, he's a hypocrite. These people don't care. That pastor doesn't care. I'm dying inside and nobody's coming over there. And, and, and Josiah ends up leaving. You know what happens? Katie's over there and says, I know Josiah because you're engaged to him. And, uh, <laughs> And saying, I, I've seen that, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm with Josiah on this. You know what, for the church being a place that loves everybody, I don't see, you know, and you, you get discouraged. Why? Because hurting people hurts. It's a real thing. I, I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to symbolize whatever. No, hurting people really hurts. And when they're doing this, and all of a sudden, you're, you're trying to do the right thing by running everywhere, and their needs are not met. Katie, go over, go over there with Josiah. You know what? We're no longer adding unto the church daily as such has been saved, where I just showed you more like what's happening in America. And I tell you, when they leave, then we're over here and Victor's saying, I'll tell you what, what's going on with this church? And I, I'll tell you what, there used to be two people right here and they're not here anymore. What's up with that? I'll tell you what, I want to be part of a dying church. I'll tell you what. And, and it's, it's an epidemic. It's frustrating. It's irritating. Now, they're disgruntled and they're on Facebook and, you know, all this other stuff. And, and I, I know we're being silly, with it, but I'm telling you guys, this is legit. This is so legit. And it happens and you've experienced it, and I've experienced it. And all of a sudden he's going and going. And I'll tell you what happens is you walk in there and you're thinking, man, I do love these people. I do care for this church. I do care for them. 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 I do. The thing that I'll do is it's not good. It's not. It's not normal. You know what happens? Just being honest between me and you, don't tell anybody else this. It's frustrating when people come up to you and say, you really need to do your job. To a point where you say, well, if this is my job, you can have it. Because nine out of ten pastors will never make it to the end. And God says, hey, dude, where are you getting this from? You'll never find this in my word. Never. Never. Never, ever, ever. For the record, I was terrified to preach this message. Because I said, the last thing I want is everybody thinking, oh, there he is. He's come uh, I, I've realized that if we want to stay on the rock, we've got to preach the rock. We've got to continue. You, you know what I'm saying? Because all of a sudden, what happens is the wording and the mindset of everybody is like, the way I feel or the way I see. It. And I'll tell you what, and it goes everywhere. And, and all of a sudden, it doesn't work and then it's not just about us. Can, can I stand up here with this church? The fields are white under harvest. I'm not trying to use you guys as the lost people, but I'm, I'm going to tell you that this is not even a speck of what happens. And I tell you, if we don't feel encouraged in our needs met, I'm never going to run out here and get somebody else to bring them to something that says, doesn't work. But I tell you what, if I'm fed and I'm encouraged and I'm growing and I'm satisfied and man, God is good and I can authentically worship because I know that God is in this place, not because he just says it, because I experience it, everything changes. And all of a sudden we can come out and say, man, God is good and church is good and I can't live without those people and I love being there and I love all this other stuff. When it's done God's way, I am so desperately running out of time. He said, hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with you. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the cause unto God, and thou shalt teach them the ordinances and the laws, and thou shalt show them the way. And he said, by doing this, verse 21, moreover thou shalt provide out of the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. To do what? To place over such of them. So now I'm going to tell you to do your job. Can you go get Matt from over there? Chaz, I'm going to be his assistant. I want you to come down here. What we're going to do is I want you to do your job. By the way, this is your job. You're, to, you're the train, the Timothys. You're, you're the Moses, you're to change change uh, not change Joshua. train Joshua. You're, you're to, to, to train up people, and Chaz, you're a life group, is that correct? correct. Could, could I trust you to help me out with something? Sure. I can't meet the needs of all of them. I can't, as much as I would like to. I'm speaking for you right now. As much as I would like to. I can't. Because my hand only reaches this far. My eyes only see so far. But I'll tell you what, I think if we did things according to God's word, that I could give you a chunk of them, and you could go minister to them? Now we do this, okay? Take notes. Man, it's the same thing. And you go back, and all of a sudden, Moses' mindset that, by the way, it was the same thing that Jesus did. It's, 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 it's strategically doing the things of God to build the church according to what God said should be there. It's God's plan. God placed pastors and churches for a specific role. And in order for that church to grow, we must each do our jobs according to God. 1 Corinthians 1.18, Pastor Dave, can I show you this? When Paul was preaching to the church and he was talking to the preachers, he said, for the preaching of the cross to them are foolishness, that perish foolish, but to them which are saved, it is power of God. Can I tell you what God said is so powerful about when you authentically do your job? He said, what you do is so powerful That literally it has the power to give life to that which is dead. I'm not trying to build you up. And it's not you. It's not your outline. It's not your illustrations. It's not throwing people on the stage. It is when you truly dig into the word of God and give it out according to what he said. It is. It is. And I'll tell you what, when you start doing that and God said he would build his church and you're giving out life and truth and literally the living water of God, this is what's going to happen, naturally happen, because God said, I will build my church. These guys over here was like, man, I want to be part of this. You too, Victor, you can be part of that. You want some of that living water? You get in there, buddy. The pastor's priority is the ministry of the word. The word ministry means this, a servant of the word, to administer the word, to aid with the word. It's kind of like this, in, in a hospital like this, you can't be there to minister the needs of everybody, but God gave a hospital the, the growing needs of nurses and those things like that. But God gave you a knowledge, a specific thing to be able to go in there and minister the word. That's why you are a counselor. That's why you study the word of God. That's why when it comes to leading, you need to get into the Word of God and to be able to say, no, we're not going in that direction because I've studied the Word of God and I've met with God and we're not going there. Because I hate to tell you, it's just like leading a convoy and going somewhere. When you get off, they all get off. And all of a sudden, everybody's not stable anymore because they're not there like they should be. It's not just just sitting in your office and read. It's the ministry of the Word. It's a specific job. Ephesians 4.11, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some uh, pastors and teachers. These are specific jobs for this, for the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting of the saints means this. It literally means to, to accomplish in them. It means to furnish. It means that every single Sunday we are teaching and leading and telling people what to do right Not according to your opinion and not according to what you think, but it is your job. Let me give you these points. We're going to wrap things up halfway through. You're thinking, oh, that sounds good. I, I prayed, Lord, I said, you just let today be what you want it to be. Application of this, Pastor Dave, I need you to know, according to the Bible, who is your authority, according to God, who is your authority, and according to the one that said it only works one way. This is what it is. You are called to preach and teach. Jesus sat down with Peter on the shoreline. He went up to him. He was about to send him to Acts chapter 2 that we've been reading. And before he said that three times, he said the same thing. Feed my sheep. I've got a job for you to do. I need you to feed the sheep. And I know that gets misconstrued because all of a sudden we have the mindset that we're to be like Christ. And Pastor Dave, you are to be like Christ All of you are to be like Christ, but don't give him Christ qualities that only God could do. Does that make sense? Because all of a sudden you're the shepherd and a lot of people turn around and give qualities to him. Okay, I'll tell you what, he's the pastor, but I'll know, I can tell you as my my brother and as another pastor here, he cannot walk on water. (laughs) He can't walk through walls. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can preach the Word of God because I promise you this the future of this church solely belongs to the power of the Word of God. We give them a foundation to stand on, we give them leadership to follow. It's what God said preach the Word of God, be in season, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So much confusion in this world today because I think a lot of pastors are skimming rather than digging. The Bible says the qualification of a pastor is not to be a novice. When Paul was writing in the Timothy, he said, Study the show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, he said, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's there's also a call called the lead. The Bible says when he gave the description of a pastor, one that ruleth well with his own house, having his children under subjection with all gravity, that is your job. But it follows up for a man know not how to rule his house, how shall he take care of the house of God or the church of God? Pastor, that, that, that's a responsibility that God's giving you. And that care for the church, it wasn't I talking about the members, the, the church is a called out body of believers. To realize that you don't just take care of your family. You have to lead this. Responsible. And I'll tell you, pastors, I have a high calling of God to answer to God for that. Call to train up leaders. First Timothy 1, 2 unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace and mercy and peace from God our Father, Jesus Christ our Lord. In both books of the Bible that talk about us having a responsibility in Titus a. and Timothy, both of them were written to young preachers. Telling them how to lead others because you know what? There needs to be the next generation to follow us. I am truly bothered by the fact that we're not raising up the next generation of preachers. How many of you, just being honest, and I know this is, this is telling on me as a pastor too. How many of you could say in the last year we've been in a service where somebody came forward and said, I feel the call to preach. Raise your hand if you've been in a service like that. Now I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. That's awesome. How many of you could say that that bothers me? Raise your hand. It bothers me. Do you, do you see, I, I, I feel like if we don't know our jobs and we're not doing our jobs, because all of a sudden I can say, hey, I, I, my, my job, I've got to invest. And in, in, in Pastor Joe's and Pastor Dave's, I've got to invest in the future. We've got to invest in the young. We've got to have the time to do that. There's got to be, let, let, me, let me close with this last point. There's the call to the ministry of the word, which was what we read in Acts chapter 6 verse 4. The ministry of the word. Do you, do you realize, Pastor Dave, your primary responsibility is to administer this. That word ministry means to give aid to, literally meaning that there's going to be those that come out of here and say, I am struggling with my marriage You have a responsibility to not give them your opinion, to give aid to them, to help them. Because I tell you what, that's a high calling of God to administer something that's high, more valuable than any medicine. I'm going to completely flip my plans of what I wanted to do today, and I want to send my church back to your seats. And you say, You're not done, you're right, I'm not done. But we have next Sunday. And all of a sudden... In Acts chapter 6 verse 7... If you'll read with me... Acts chapter 6 verse 7... They, did, they didn't even get to do their cool part, okay? They're, they're all built up like... Here we go, let's do this, let's do this. We never got there. But I'll tell you... I don't want to rush this. Because I'm telling you what we're doing is vital. In the same passage that there are people... And there is growth in the same passage, that there is problems. God gave them a solution to handle the problems because anytime you have people, anytime you have people, you're going to have problems. So if you leave here and say, I want to go to a church that doesn't have problems, you'll have to wait to heaven to get there, okay? You're never going to find it. just does not exist. Because we live in a cursed world and we live with people that are struggling and hurt and upset. and, and up. But I'll tell you what happened. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, By the time they got through the problems, the word of God increased. That's the verse we read earlier. We skipped to it. And I'm here to tell all you guys, I do believe that there is hope for the church. And I do believe that there is something strong that we can do. But I'll tell you, it's only if we build it on the rock of Jesus Christ. And everything that we come in contact of us saying... I think the church should be this, or I believe you should do this, or I believe your role should be this, or whatever it is. We've got to get to the point where we turn around and say this, God, what do you want? We're going to roll into our invitation at this time. And I'll tell you what, everybody that helped me on the stage, if you guys can get ready to help me next week, we're going to do this again. But I want to show you at the end this closing of this powerful thing when we get into the second half of that page of what God showed that actually works. I'm not just saying that, guys. I'm saying it not only actually works, but the church multiplied, it grew, it got stronger, it went forward. There was a mighty force that I I tell you, the Bible says the gates of hell should not prevail against it. I don't want to just not lose. I want to make the gates tremble. I say, man, that's, that's pretty overconfident. It's really not. Because I have this. Amen. This is the rock that cannot fail. And the Bible says when the storms came and the waves beat upon it, the rock stood still. Wherever you're at in your life, I'm here to tell you guys this that if you are in the world and you say, my life is falling apart, I I feel like my marriage is falling apart. My parenting is falling apart. I'll tell you what, you've got to get back to the book because this does not fall apart ever. It doesn't fail. It doesn't get weak. And I can promise you it never lets you down. The only way it lets us down is we have a mindset of it and then we get away from it and when God calls us back to it and all of a sudden we realize, oh God, I started doing it my way instead of your way. But the same thing goes for salvation. The same thing. I, I, have, I have talked to people so often and when I, when I ask them for assurance of their salvation, they follow up with me and they say this. They say, Pastor Tony, I'll tell you what, I am pretty sure because of all the good that I've done in my life or when I was five years old, my mom told me that I was, and I'm not not knocking moms dealing with kids or any doing good and things like that. That's all good and you should do good. But mom telling you're saved or you doing good your whole life never is in the book to tell you that you're saved. It's not. But I'll tell you what the rock does say. The rock says that it's by faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that it's believing in what he's done and the fact that he died for your sins, that he took your place. He took my place. When Jesus was born in a manger and we're getting ready to celebrate the whole Christmas season, the whole thing was God stepped into our world. And he came and he took our sin. And then he went to the cross and no man took his life and they nailed him to the cross, gripping my sin. And on the cross, my sin died with Jesus Christ. That's what that means. It's more than a symbol in the church. It's a symbol of my life for eternity because I am saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ.